the Dating While Adulting podcast, the greatest podcast ever made, if we may say so ourselves. Go to datingwhileadulting.com for access to everything related to the podcast. That's our Twitter, our YouTube, blog, information about the hosts, etc. So with all that being said, let's get to the conversation. Hey everybody, you know it's been a minute. Welcome back. Like Anita Baker used to always say when she was like two hours late, not Lauren Hill late, but still late. She would always like come on stage like late and be like, where have y'all been? As if it wasn't her fault. So if it worked for her, and I don't really know if it did or not. I mean, anyway, <laughs> how's everybody been? Hopefully everybody, everybody's been well. Hopefully everybody's enjoying their holidays. However, they're choosing to celebrate their holidays and all that good stuff. But yeah, took some time off, wanted to do some other things, try some other things and all that jazz and stuff like that. And now we're back to normal or at least some semblance of normal. And before I continue, let me congratulate us, us being myself and Reggie. And yes, I do mean that Reggie because we made it to our second year of this podcast. And when we started, we had no idea it would last this long. We didn't know what would happen. We didn't know who would listen. And a lot of things have happened. People have listened, all of that good stuff. Um, we, I know that for the 100th episode in the first year, we had a, um, you know, a little celebratory type of podcast episode where we invited friends in and they talked and blah, 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 blah. We're not at our 200th yet, but we are at our second year. And basically I just didn't feel like organizing anything like that, but I did celebrate in my own little way. And I want to thank you all for listening again, continuing to listen. And as I always say, tell 50 friends to tell 50 friends and that would be great. So let me talk about what I want to talk about today. Um, briefly, I want to talk about Rupert, Rupert Murdoch. Rupert is known for being the man behind all things Fox, including Fox News, 20th Century Fox, FX, and there are other things. He has like a million different companies like throughout the world. He's also behind shaping the Republican Party in the United States into what it looks like today. Many blame or credit Donald Trump for that, but actually no, Rupert's fingerprints are much larger than Donald on this way and the way that Republicans, conservatism has moved in further to the right. But for people listening outside of the country, you don't really care or it really doesn't apply that much to dating unless, of course, you're dating someone who is from a different political ideology than you are, which I've encountered quite a bit more than I ever have. I encounter it more so than I did back in the day, whereas traditionally Black people were, were Democrats and that was it. Now I'm meeting more and more Black women that are Republicans. And I'm guessing for women, you're meeting more Black men that are Republicans, or maybe you just think that I'm crazy and you're not meeting anybody, but you're probably not out here in these in this pool as much. So, but I'm telling you, it is interesting how things are evolving, but that's neither here nor there. But when I talk about Rupert, Rupert Murdoch, who started all of this, this rant, this rabbit hole that I went into, he gives me a little bit of a sense of hope. 
when I look at him. As the demographic of this podcast continues to age, it makes me wonder more and more what older people do for fun and how older people live life as I am one of those people, as we all are those people who are getting older and older. One question in particular that I have is, do old people still have sex? You know, I think that's a fair question. And what made me think of this is, when I I, th- I thought about that when I read that Rupert Murdoch is getting divorced. Now, this is Rupert's fourth divorce. And this divorce in particular is to the ex-model Jerry Hall. Jerry Hall, as some of you might know or remember, she is famous for being like a supermodel back in the day and also for having this long relationship with Mick Jagger. Um, and actually it was a marriage. Well, technically they weren't married. And basically Mick and Jerry, they had a ceremony, a wedding in Bali, Indonesia. Um, and <laughs> it was complete with a Hindu priest who took a live chicken, cut the chicken's throat and bled and let the chicken bleed and poured the blood all over the venue that they were getting married in as a way of like purifying the venue and all of that stuff. I guess in hindsight, it didn't work, but I I have nothing else to say about that. But basically what it came down to as far as their marriage, not necessarily being valid, is that the Indonesian government, neither the Indonesian government or the British government recognized that quote unquote marriage. So they were together for like, I think nine years and Jerry eventually went to divorce Mick and Mick was like, hey, whatever. We were never really married anyway. So it is what it is. So that's interesting. So that's what Jerry Hall is known for being a supermodel, being in a relationship with Mick Jagger, being in a supposed marriage with Mick Jagger that wasn't really a marriage. And eventually she wound up in the arms and whatever else of Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. And they wound up getting married in the more traditional way in London and in a wedding that was recognized by the British government. So they were officially and legally married. And that was in 2016. Rupert was 85 years old in 20 in 2016. Jerry Hall was 59 years of age in 2016. Now, I know that many of you are cynics. And many of you will point to Rupert Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch, and say that five times fast, and you will point to the fact that despite the fact that he's 85 years old, he is worth $17 billion, or at least that was the last estimate, estimate for him. And even if he's not worth $17 billion, he is comfortably a billionaire, and I don't really think there's any disputing that. And many of you can point to that and say that that's the reason that Jerry Hall married this old dude in the first place, the 85-year-old. But like I said earlier, Jerry was a big-time model back in her day, and she made money. And looking up her estimated net worth, it's quoted to be around $20 bucks. Now, I understand that these celebrity net worth things, these estimates, they're not always the most accurate. Even with that said, you wouldn't think that she'd be desperate for money. And while $20 million or whatever million that she has or is worth is a far cry, a very far cry from $17 billion, 
it's enough, or at least I would think that it would be enough to make you not feel compelled to get with a dude that's 85 years old just for the money. Or does it? I don't know. I just can't imagine me having that kind of money, the $20 million or whatever she's alleged to, to have, and me thinking, that's not really enough money. I need to find me a billionaire, especially if the billionaire looks like Rupert Murdoch. Now, you guys know me. I don't believe in constructs like beautiful and ugly and things like that. I believe that society has a standard as to what beauty is. And if you subscribe to that, cool. But I just don't like the idea of calling somebody ugly. So it's no disrespect to Rupert. So I'm not saying it like he's ugly or whatever. Um, It's not like he's a bad looking guy. He's just an 85 year old guy. And, And, you know, 85. And when you think about it now, he's 91 now. That was in 2016 and he was 85. And he looks now like a 91-year-old dude. And back then, he looked like an 85-year-old dude. And I'm just talking about from what I've seen, and that's from the neck up. Jerry has had to look at him from the neck down. Now, societal standards or whatever, I don't really think that anyone can look at anybody that's 85 to 91 year, years of age and think, wow, that is sexy. Even if you are older yourself, 59 years of age, I just can't see you looking at that and saying, that is sexy. I am sexually attracted to that. Yeah. yeah. But with that said, Jerry, Paul, a woman that didn't need money, she chose to embrace that. And maybe she could look into his soul. I will say that women do have, women are better at looking at things, um, looking at the intangible instead of the tangible and finding beauty in those things. Whereas guys, we're not as good at, good at that. So it's funny, I go to a lot, of, a lot of concerts and when I'm in the venues, I'm looking at the couples there and oftentimes I think, I wonder how he got with her or I wonder how she got with him. The couples just don't necessarily seem to match all the time and it makes you wonder what it was. Um, did they used to look different? Did they gain weight after they got together? Does he have money? Does she have money? It's like, it's just interesting. Or maybe they just had great personalities and they were able to look past uh, what is the physical, the first thing that you see. So like I said, women are better at that, but still 85 years old, all kind of wrinkles and, and withered parts and stuff. I don't know. And, but anyway, that's why I like reference like the hope that I have and how Rupert has inspired hope. Um, that I mentioned that earlier in the episode, because even though Rupert is 85 years old, and even after the three divorces, even with enough money to hire women, any woman, not any woman, but hire women to serve him in any capacity imaginable, he found someone to love him that didn't necessarily need his money. 
you know, 20 million isn't 17 billion, but still, if I meet someone with $20 million, I'm thinking that, you know, I can provide a better life for her, but still there has to be something there in her that actually would like me, you know, especially if she's a supermodel, she's an age supermodel, but I mean, I would imagine that amongst the 85 year olds that you can pull, I I would think that you could find someone or even younger that you could find more attractive than Rupert, but maybe she found him attractive. And that's what gives me the hope. The fact that she found Rupert attractive and me giving them the benefit of the doubt as I often do, they fell in love and married for the right reasons. I'm, I'm, you know, you know, and and then going back to my question earlier that I asked about sex, you know, Jerry is 59, obviously. And while there are many women out there that really aren't into sex at that age, so I hear, I know some that are. Yeah. And in 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 Rupert, even at 85 years up years of age, he had to have been putting it down once every now and then. I mean, I can't imagine. Rupert Murdoch at 85 or whatever year he was in the 80s when they met, I can't imagine him courting Jerry Hall and going through the dating process and them never having had sex. So he was doing something at eight in his 80s, 85. I'm sure it wasn't like multiple times a day like younger people do, but I'm imagining before he married the woman, he he slept with the woman. Isn't that a pretty fair assumption? I think it is. Yeah, every now and then. I mean, what's the, especially if you look at it from Rupert's point, what's the point of marrying someone that's younger than you, that much younger, if you're not interested in having sex? I mean, if you just want companionship, you can find that in another 85-year-old. I mean, if you're if you marry a supermodel that's 25 your 25 years your junior, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that you want sex in some kind of way. So Rupert, I believe, maybe with the help of a pill or maybe four pills, was still getting it in at 85 years of age. And that is what gives me hope. And if you're still having sex at 85. Yeah, then maybe, just maybe, you have the vitality to do other things instead of just basically wait till death and, in Rupert's case, work on his business interests. I mean, when you die, I mean, you can't take your money to the grave and he'll be dead soon. So, yeah, you may as well be living in other ways and one of those other ways could be getting in. I don't know. I don't know. Either way. Looking at Jerry and looking at Rupert, they got divorced earlier this year. So six-year marriage, not the longest. Um, they cited irreconcilable differences. I would wonder what those would be. I know even at 91, he's a workaholic uh, from a documentary that I watched. But I don't, who knows? And at 91, shoot, maybe he can um, get married again.
But it, it always brings me back to what I talk about when we talk about these divorces. And even though they haven't been married for 20 years and 91 years of age, the last thing I would be thinking about is getting divorced. But she's the one that filed for the divorce. So guess it wasn't the last thing that she was thinking. I guess she figures at 50, at 64, 63, 64 now. Hey, there are more 85 year old billionaires out there. Who knows? Who knows? That's just all me just speculate, speculating. Anyway, I'll keep you all posted when I make it to 85. God forbid. I kind of hope that I don't make it to 85. I mean, I'm not saying life sucks or anything like that, but I don't know. I'm not one of those people that just wants to live, live like fame. I want to live forever and all of that stuff. No, I'm cool on that. I'm cool on that. The minute that I can't function the way that I want to function. Yeah, I can go. I'm cool with that. Anyway, that's the divorce part of this show. You know, for people that don't listen as often, um, oftentimes these shows end with a divorce, usually over 20 years. But in this case, this is a special case. And then the other part of this is death. So let's get to the death part. Well, that sounded kind of crass. I didn't. I apologize in advance for that because, you know, when talking about someone passing, that's not cool. That's not cool. But with that said, Irene Cara died. Um, Irene Cara was 63 years old, which is too young to die, as I always mention when I'm talking about these deaths, because I'm not just talking about people that died in their 90s. I'm talking about people that died seemingly too young. Irene Cara is known for two songs in particular. She did the theme song to the movie Fame, and she was also in the original movie Fame, not the TV show, I don't think. And she did What a Feeling, that song from Flashdance, and she won a Grammy for that. Yeah. So what's interesting about her and her passing is that I don't think that there is has ever been a one-hit wonder, well, I guess in her case, a two-hit wonder, that has had such an impact on the culture. And when I say culture, I mean Black culture specifically. It's like when news came out about her passing, man, Black people lost their minds. I have, I have no idea why she meant so much to so many of us, but for some reason she did. And what made it even stranger is that she hadn't even been heard from in decades. And now she's gone. It's interesting. I was reading up on her in preparation for this episode and specifically about her life since she kind of like went away and there are disputes about, I guess, debates or differences about why she left, you know, her represent her representatives talk about how, you know, she was tired of the business and she just wanted to get away and live a normal life. Other people say that um, she got blackballed by a high level record executive. Um, and then one of the things that was interesting about the article was that they were talking to her neighbors, people that lived near her when she passed, specifically her next door neighbor um, when she passed. And they talked about what a recluse she was, how she wasn't really, you didn't see her out too much. Um, one of her other neighbors, she said that she would reach out to her, she would call her um, just to try to get her out of the house and stuff like that. And it might be days before Irene would even call her back. And if she, when she did call her back, she would always decline the invitations and things like that. She just pretty much lived a life in seclusion. Um, they have pictures of her house. It was a very modest house. So you don't really know 
how she was doing financially at the time of her passing. Um, one of the neighbors mentioned that she had a van that was sitting on four flat tires when um, in her driveway um, for a long time before she passed. And the only people that you would see around the house would be um, the landscapers who would come and cut the grass. And again, I have to say it wasn't like it was a very modest house. So when I talk about landscapers, basically what I mean is somebody that came and mowed the, mowed the yard. So you would hope that she was happy um, or at least content in her older age. It still hasn't come out. Um, it's still, at least at the time of this recording, it hasn't come out the reasoning for her passing. So I don't really know how, why she, how she died. But when you look at someone who had experienced the highest of heights and then for it to end that way, it's just interesting, especially I was reading old interviews of hers and one of them said that she had never doubted that she would be famous. She said she was raised that way. She was groomed that way. She never had any fear and she always knew that she would have the success that she had. And again, for someone's life to end that way. And like I said, she could have been content. She could have been happy. You just, when you, when I think about that quote though, and think about how it ended her state, when it ended, I don't know. Some people just get fed up. You don't know. Um, she had a short marriage, um, that ended. Um, and I think early 2000, I would look it up, but I forgot. And it really doesn't matter that much. And she had been single for, I think since like 2001, I want to say, or might even been longer than that. But it's interesting, you know, because I don't know how she passed. I don't want to give a lecture like I normally do about health and people going to see the doctor and all of that, but it does lead me to, to give another lecture. And that's about living your life. Life is rough life is hard. And as far as I know, you only get one of these things. So we are all obligated to make the most of it. I don't know what, what your dreams are. I don't know what you want to do in life, but especially when talking about the demographic of this podcast, if you hadn't started the process of doing it, you really should because boy, 63 is not old at all. But but things just happen in a strange way. And that also reminds me of um, the guy from Migos, um, the rap group um, Takeoff. You know, he doesn't fit into the demographic of this show. He's He was only 28 years old. But I think it's worth mentioning in, in concert with Irene Cara's death and me talking about living your life and going after what you want in your life. Because this 20-year-old young man was an innocent bystander just standing around while two people got in an argument, start shooting, and he got shot just minding his business. Wasn't arguing with anybody, wasn't involved with what they were involved in. They, they were in a dice game that he wasn't involved in. He was just standing there and shots rang out and he got hit and he dies. People, we have to live. We have to live. I know it's hard because a lot of, especially 
our generation, the demographic of this podcast, we were raised to get a job and work that job until you die. Get a job, have a family, work that job until you die. And that's not it, y'all. These young kids out here, they, they, some people will describe them as lazy. Some people would describe them as being weak or soft or something like that. But to me, when I look at them, they're going through the process of trying to figure it out. And those things, the fear, the laziness or whatever, are things that you go through while finding your path, as opposed to a lot of us who grew up in a certain way where our path was kind of determined for us by our parents, get a job. The quote, there's always work at the post office. Get a job and work that job until you die. Work for the man. And that's what you do. And um, yeah, these kids, they reject that. They look at us or their parents and they're like, I don't want, I don't want my life to be like yours. So they're trying to find their thing and they're taking their bumps while they're finding it. Those of us in this demographic that listen to this podcast, we have the benefit of wisdom. So we are smart. We're smarter. We just have more experience. And as such, we can apply that experience when chasing our dreams because you're never really too old. You're not old until you die, really. So we need to take care of ourselves and we need to chase our dreams and we need to be appreciative of the days that we have left and not necessarily years, not necessarily decades, days for all that we know. Life, man, it'll kill you, as my mother used to say. Yeah, well, she anyway. Um, but that's it for me. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, it won't be another month before you hear from me. So thank you all for keeping up. And yeah, two years in the books. Shocking to me. Reggie, what do you have to say to these people? After two years, you still people wondering who Reggie is and many people still do wonder who Reggie is even though I've explained Reggie um go back to the first 50 um episodes of this podcast which you can find in the archives and you'll find out who Reggie was who Reggie is he's not dead who Reggie is because he is my pot podcasting partner and he was my co-host for the first 50 episodes and I still count him as my co-host now part of it is trolling me because I like having fun at his expense but you know it is what it is um everybody have a great week have a great holiday you'll hear from me again um before the before christmas for people that celebrate christmas people wouldn't people know the date even if they don't celebrate it so i'll be around um take care and go bucks <laughs>